Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, the music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Keefe from GhostCultMag.com, and with me as always is my co-host, Curtis Dewar. 14-hour workday. Curtis Dewar of the 14-hour workday of Dewar PR, of uh, social media dominance on Twitter. What are we going to talk about today, sir? We are going to talk about pitching specifically pitching to editors pitching we could even talk about pitching to labels and that type of thing but since keefe is a website owner um i figured it would be best to go over directly pitching to editors and website owners and that type of thing if that works for you Keith. that totally works is a good call we uh pitching all around journalists pitch uh, editors pitch, publicists pitch, bands pitch themselves. There's all kinds of pitching that's going on. Now, one thing I want to point out, the reason why we're bringing this up is because we have a challenge that is starting next week uh, where it's going to be basically the pitching challenge. So the end goal is that you know how to pitch, whether that's to a label, whether that's to an editor, a uh, radio person, you know, that you know how to pitch something. It's something that a lot of people don't understand how to do um the basic pitch that i notice a lot of bands have is basically they'll just send like a youtube link or god forbid a reverb nation link and uh place it on and just randomly send it to you so this is kind of like a skill that seems to be missing with a lot of people so keefe um can you give me a little bit of a rundown of what someone should not say to a website owner, editor, journalist when they are approaching them? Absolutely. We have covered some of this before in ancient episodes of the podcast, uh, but this is a thing I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm not as big a stickler, I think, as some of my peers in the game. Um, I get a, a constant barrage of people hitting me up for Ghost Cult. I cannot answer them all. Um just a matter of fact there's a there's just an order of operations if you do it wrong you have even less of a chance of being answered by me i don't totally ignore people i'm overwhelmed with uh constant pitches from my partners and peers and so it's just challenging to keep up with the volume of content people are throwing at me plus the news cycle i run a website that is you know, attempts to cover the new cycle of rock and metal. So there's already 10 to 30 stories potentially in a day um, to do. So bands, you can help yourself out by adhering to the basic principles of how to do and execute a proper pitch to an editor or journalists. Um, even if you have a publicist you pay, even if you're on a label, you need to know how to promote and pitch yourself. These are skills. These are essential skills to being successful in the music industry. So the first thing, right, the first thing to answer your question is uh, email, right? You should be trying to pitch people over email. It is like a cold call. It is a DM. I know Matt, our fearless leader, Matt Bacon would say a DM is equivalent to an email for a certain generation of people. Fine. I prefer to not be DM'd, at least on my personal social media. Ghost Cult has messaging enabled on some social media, not all. So the best way to 
pitch Ghost Cult, if you're going to pitch me, and I am the person to pitch at Ghost Cult right now, there is a contact page on our website. There is a contact page on most music websites. Most blogs have a contact us page. Find the appropriate address. There might be many addresses there. Message the appropriate one. So the one that says submissions You know, there are specific instructions, especially on my website. Don't send this three times. Don't send it to every address I have. Don't target other people that write for me. Yeah, you're laughing. This is what happens every fucking day. I know, because it's so stupid. I know it, but I know it happens. I'm sorry, Keithy, but it's it's funny that people do this shit. You know, I'm going to say it's not – I get it, man. I was in bands for 20-plus years. Um. I totally relate. When I, I was in the music game at a time before social media, before Bandcamp, before Reverb Nation, before MySpace Music, before all these things. And so we emailed demo tapes to people or handed them to people in per, in person. And you know they were thrown away and never listened to in some cases or most cases. So I totally understand. And as I said many times, my introduction to becoming a professional marketer was the music business, was being a guerrilla marketer for bands, my bands, which led me to my passion as a music marketer on top of being a music journalist. So concurrent careers at the same time here. So, you know, you find the address at my website, send it to submissions at ghostcultmag.com. This is the appropriate pitch letter, if you will. This will certainly be a lesson in our challenge at a more detailed, better level, but... Don't be, don't beat around the bush. Don't pussyfoot. Don't be self-depreciating. Don't make jokes. Hey guys, I don't know if you're interested. Here's my GeoCities website with my band. I'm not fucking interested in your spiel and your story. Give me an elevator pitch. This is my band. This is a genre. Here are some bands that my band likes to emulate or be in the same thought, you know, top of mind like. Here's links to my music. Here's a brief bio on the band. Here's all our socials. Here's one professional band photo or something like a professional band photo of us. Please check us out. Thank you for your time. End of fucking story. That's it. Yep. Yep. Now, I want to go one, one layer one layer deeper here. Now, uh, like one thing that I find that works best bands before they even get up to the pitch level stage is to frequent places where journalists are currently at and make themselves known ahead of time to get a hold of the head of the game for example a good our friends all father who i like to mention got ahead of the game by making themselves known on twitter and talking to journalists going into facebook groups that type of thing and basically people already knew who they were prior to even having their record up which would you agree Keith if you already kind of had had an idea of who someone was before they pitched you you'd be more willing to look at their pitch no question and I'm going to tell you that I have had bands just follow Ghost Cult across our socials if you really want to appeal to me show me that you actually look at my site and care about it Um, there's a million websites out there you are unlikely to get reviewed by Decibel. I don't care how great you think your band is. You are you, Loudwire does not do reviews. Metal Injection and Metal Sucks do very few reviews. Metal Insider does some reviews. So Kerrang! does some reviews. So there is a dwindling 
audience for who is actually reviewing music these days anyway. And you're almost better off trying to get in with a bunch of small blogs than hit a home run and miraculously get covered by a metal injection. It's just unlikely. Um, Matt's entry into the music business, as he frequently talks about, before he ever knew anything about marketing, he was a music journalist. He was a blogger. He started his blog as a teenager with a friend. They are still going strong almost 10 years later. He still reviews independent bands that he likes. He has no skin in those games as a you know he doesn't cross those streams as a label executive, as a marketer, as a music journalist. He doesn't cross those streams. He you know so there's a way to pitch him also to get re- reviewed. And again, he's an influencer, especially for sort of stoner and doom. And you might have a chance if you could get his attention. He might help your stoner or doom band. Yeah, and the main way you do that is by by, and, I, and this is going to sound cheesy again, but it's it like the underlying step is like you're going to have a lot easier time if you actually get to know these people and you interact with them on a social level. And I hate to say it because it sounds like it's like a schmoozy PR thing, and it is. But at the same time, if you don't keep in touch with people and you're not constantly interacting with the scene, no one's going to want to deal with you, or they're not. You're going to be less likely. To be dealt dealt with as a result like i mean like keepy will a lot of times do things for me just because of the fact i mean we've been dealing with each other for what five years now six years i don't even know how long you know i mean my pitches to him are generally very simple simplistic and it's like that with a lot of people a lot of people too just because of the fact that i interact with him frequently you yeah know, of course even before he knows i'm not going to give him garbage on top of that right Right. well yeah of course and even before we were let's say partners and peers on this thing with this podcast and our marketing challenges just for a few few you know transparency most journalists operate in a way where they have they build really journalists and publicists build relationships with each other they help each other they help promote each other there's a rapport I know, for example, Katie of Season of Mist is not just a friend of mine. She's a fantastic publicist. Everywhere she has been in publicity, she usually reps bands of a certain high quality. She always pitches in immaculate style. She's very frank and forward about what she's looking for in return from journalists and websites, what she's looking for in partnerships, what she's looking for for coverage. Very easy to work with. Very easy to approach. Shout out to Katie Rosari and Season of Mist for being awesome. And um, whenever she pitches me something new, I'm more apt to check it out because I have this existing relationship with her where we have a trust. So this is a thing. Independent bands, you're just not going to be able to overcome all the major metal labels if you're not on one. But you still have to pitch and you have to pitch well and you have to pitch. I'm not saying don't pitch aggressively, but pitch properly and you have a better chance. Yeah, like don't go to the person's social media right off the bat if you don't know them. That's a bit of a no-no. It's kind of weird. Like do the email first. And I mean, I I will usually contact people by social media if I know them already and I want to make sure that, that they've seen the email. Because a lot of times things will get lost. So like, for example, if Keith doesn't answer me in usually two to three days, I go, that's kind of odd. So I'll hit Keith up on his, on his social and be like, hey, just want to check if you saw the email which I think you're okay with. Most people are okay when you say that. Um, But you also want to make sure, though, it's not just somebody that you don't have an existing relationship with because that can turn certain people off. Like, I do know some journalists from, like, Kerrang! 
uh, and Pitchfork specifically, I'm not going to name names, who have said that one, like a major pet peeve is when fans go on their social media to try to ding them for reviews. Because you want a lot of people like keeping the social media and the business separate. I don't mind myself, uh, but a lot of people, it's a big turnoff. And the last thing you want to do is piss off somebody at Krang or Decibel or something like that that you really want to get into just because of the fact you DM them on social media. Would you agree with that, Keith, that the existing relationship has to be there before they ding or no? Absolutely. And and again, I have said many times, please don't hit – I am a public person. I participate in a lot of groups. I share a lot of ghost cult stuff. I'm just a good citizen of the metal world. I'm out there. Um, I, I'm very cool and approachable. If you see me in person, please come up and say hi. Do not pitch me your band on my personal Facebook page in a message. First of all, it's going to go to the outbox because I have very high settings for that. So you're going to go to the like the equivalent of voice jail. You're never going to get seen. You're going to go to my outbox. I check it once a week out of paranoia. Um, do not hit me up on LinkedIn. That's not going to give you an advantage. You could DM me on Instagram. You could DM me on Twitter. You could you could hit up Ghost Cult in the appropriate place that I talked about earlier on our contact page at ghostcultmag.com to the one address I want to be messaged at for pitches, not all the other addresses also. Just in case you didn't see this, I'm really paranoid. I'm going to send it to every fucking address on the site. No, I get enough emails, a thousand emails a day. When I was sick, I'm still kind of not 100%, but when I was deathly ill to start the year, at one point I had 3,000 unread emails over the course of a week. Yeah, because I just barely checked them and I just couldn't keep up with them. And I didn't even – I honestly didn't set an out-of-reply, out-of-office reply, which I normally would do. I was that sick. I barely was working. So there's just a way to go about this. If you want help, you have to first of all help yourself. Second of all, as I mentioned, there's these bare minimum requirements you ought to have. Um, we didn't talk about electronic press kits, EPKs. We didn't talk about your music on a on Spotify or Bandcamp. This is what people are looking. Make it easy for me to help you if you, if I can help you. So now, okay. So just like as a basic basic thing, just I'll go over like the basicness of the pitch. Like you already mentioned briefly, an elevator pitch. So basically, in sales and marketing terms, an elevator pitch is basically like a thirty second explanation of what you do. So like for a band, you could say, you know, your elevator pitch would be, we are the Cookie Monsters from Dayton, Ohio, and we play uh, stoner rock uh, similar to um, Electric Wizard, right? Well, they're not really stoner rock, but you know what I mean. So that would be basically your elevator pitch. And then you would say something to the effect of like, we are looking for review, interview, stream, news item, whatever you're looking for. Um, and then you would include a link to whatever it is you're trying to promote. So if it's so if it's an album, include a link to a stream, SoundCloud or Bandcamp, and also include somehow an option to download if they want it. Do not only make it so that the files have to be downloadable. And if you do send a download, make sure they are in Drive format, um, WeTransfer format, uh, Dropbox format, or something like that. Do not send separate files all attached. Especially, do not send WAV files like that, or your immediately will or your email will immediately be thrown in the trash. Generally, by most people, and just that's really about it. And then you can even, like Keith said, you can even attach a band picture. Um, I don't think you always have to, but 
I mean, that's, I mean, if Keith wants it, I mean, do it. I, I'm, do a, do, would you always say do a band pick, Keith? I mean, I feel like artwork and band photos help show professionalism and preparedness. And especially if you're trying to push a release. Oh. I mean, we left out the most important thing, which is obviously this always can't be the case. But if your music is, you want to send your music to the press for review before it's out already. The music cycle, let's just talk about this. The release cycle of the world is perpetual, sharp, painful, and overwhelming. There are, there's music coming out every day, but specifically there's music coming out every week on Friday on New Music Friday. If your album is coming out in the next six months, you should be preparing your pitches now. If your music is coming out in three months, you should be preparing your pitches now. If your music is coming out tomorrow, you're going to have a hard time getting covered by anyone. Yeah, yeah. except for some really small blogs who sometimes want aren't, don't, aren't getting like the major placements. Like, for example, there's a lot of smaller ones that don't get the season of miss. The Century Media is blah, 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 are more open to able to help new bands and other ones um now specifically like just what you were just saying there like if you want to get print especially you have to have your music ready at least three months in advance like you're not going to get in any print magazine if your music is old i mean decibel you might get the demolition section or whatever the heck it's called but as a general rule you're not going to get in print um keithy um so with ghost cult though so what is the minimum amount of time you want for a review I mean the, the limited opportunities we have for unsigned bands as it is three to six months out if you if you hit me up too soon like too close to the release time I probably can't help you Be, like within a week within two weeks I've had labels and sometimes this happens also I've had labels are like oh we just started working with this band and we're re-releasing their record right now and I can't always commit to it um you know there were major releases to start the year I was in the hospital I didn't get to cover them you know I was sick with pneumonia I was just in bed I wasn't I couldn't listen to music I couldn't write now we're three weeks later I'm a little bit better and I'm trying to play catch up but I missed a few things so this is just something something to consider let me ask you this okay so a brand new band wants to pitch ghost cult what should they actually be pitching you for because you already said their reviews are pretty limited and you're probably i mean let's face it they're probably not going to get a review well i would i would never say never and i want bands to pitch us because i'm interested in checking out new bands and i will say that i have had unsigned underground bands approach me one year and then three years later they're on a label like prosthetic or profound lore or twenty bucks spin, so I'm not gonna say never. I'm not gonna say I have. I, there, there are a few underground bands that tend to s s sort of seep in, and we get to them occasionally. Um, I would like to find a new. Most likely be able to get a ghost cult. Like if they were brand new, they came to what? What would be the, their best chances of getting news item review, interview, stream? <coughs> what? Excuse me. Um. In this order, review, news item, video, like pro shot, professional video, interview at the very bottom of the totem pole. If you're a brand new band I've never heard of with no following, I'm going to have a hard time 
justifying giving you space for an interview. And and people ask us for feature length interviews. It's like madness. Like that's their main concern that a feature length interview at my website is going to help them you know, build their brand. And I appreciate it because we do very good interviews. That's a thing we are, you know, getting known for. We have done for many years, but it's just a challenge. It's very difficult for us to do interviews. And I'm going to say, if you're an unsigned band, if you're a brand new band, if you're an underground band, everybody that offers you a chance to do a form interview, even if you don't like the questions, do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why you want to do that is because a, uh, it's press. B, it's press. C, it's press. D, it's press. So you want to do anything you can to get your name out there at first. And like, here's the thing is a lot of the times journalists will Google the band who's asking them for a pitch. And if they don't see any press on them, they're going to be less likely to cover them because it's weird. But people like to see that other people have done stuff too. So if they're the very first band, or sorry, very first website to interview, they're probably not going to be very likely to do it just because of the fact that A, there's not many clicks to be had from you, and B, they don't know if you're going to share it or anything. Would you say that's correct, Keith, or am I missing something on that? I think that is correct, and I don't think you're missing something. I think it's just, again, be realistic, get yourself organized, and again, we've talked about this on another podcast also. Look at the release calendar. Hold on one second, Curtis. Look at the release calendar. Look at the calendar. See what's coming out when you want to release your record. Do not release your record on a day with 100, 200 releases, like the beginning of October, the earliest in March, sometime in June before the 4th of July. Pick wisely. And you know something? If you had planned to release your album on a certain date and it looks crowded or very crowded for your genre, move the fucking release date. There's no rules, especially for an unsigned band. There's no reason you can't, and frankly, even at a small label, you can move the date. You can move the date. It's not egg on your face. It doesn't look bad. Well, we already told our 200 fans we're going to move the date. Move the fucking date. Help yourself. Help us help you. Well, and here's the other thing, too, is that you have to kind of realize just in terms of release dates, like if if you don't move that release date like you decided to do it like right now i have a band that's trying to work with me and i'm probably going to um who are really who are quite good but they're being a bit stubborn about moving their release release date they want to release in three weeks and they have a whole bunch of other things that they're going to release too so that's why i'm planning on taking them on but it's like here's the thing It, it limits your audience by releasing too soon especially when you're new. So like if you're a brand new band, I mean, part of the reason why you're getting publicity and part of the reason why you're pitching is that way people can hear about you. So if you just release the album too quickly, it's going to severely limit your reach. Like Keith has already said, he needs three to six months before he's even going to probably be able to review you. So Keith gets, um, you know, probably a thousand pitches a month, at least I think. Corrine probably gets five times that. You know, so if you're trying to get out of place of the Kerrang, you know, arguably the biggest hard rock magazine in the world, um, you're going to need three to six months minimally. Like, would you not agree, Keith? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, like I said, I think it's it's about being realistic. Here's a good example. Curtis is working with a band, uh, Kings Never Die, sort of a hardcore supergroup, great band. 
can't recommend the EP enough so far from what I've heard. Love, love, love what I've heard. Um, my site does cover hardcore. It's one of the things we cover. Um, Curtis got the client, I'm going to say, in November, December. Started pitching in December. Several press releases before the new year. That band put out a couple of singles. I think they had a single out before they hired Curtis. Um, they just put out a new single. We premiered it at Ghost Cult, full transparency. But the single's killer. Uh, it did very well. A lot of shares, a lot of traction. Uh, the band is not heavily on social media, but the label is very active on social media. So they've been sharing it and promoting it. And I think individually the guys have been helping promote it and share it. But there's sort of an order of operations. This many pitches before a release comes out. And I believe the EP is coming out in February, early February. So Digital comes out next week, release physicals is in february right. i got my eye on that physical vinyl so that's why i was thinking about february yeah yeah put a good word to yeah. get me a vi- get me a vinyl my brother because that's a good point because we did a whole bunch of stuff before the album even got in the reviewer's hands so can you expound on that just a little bit more keith just so people get it right there's a, a sort of an order of operations it's this many pitches to press in an album cycle or an EP cycle in this case. And Kings Never Die is, for all intents and purposes, a brand new band with established guys. So they all came from bands, you know, Mucky Pup and Sub-Zero and, you know, current and famous bands from New York City, from a specific scene with a little bit of sort of uh, cachet, cultural cachet attached to it. They're... Uh, Current single has Vinny Stigma and Mike Gallo from Agnostic Front, one of the most legendary hardcore bands ever. Still relevant, still out there, incredible guest perform- guest appearances on that track. So again, it's this many pitches before a drop. And if you have an expectation as a publicist or a band that you want to get coverage, it's this many touch points. Matt talks about this all the time. It's this many touch points to a decision whether it's me to run a news piece, whether it's somebody else to write a review. You have to give the press an opportunity to live with the music a little bit, to get a, to get, even get, a, get it to worm its way in to get your attention because your release is fighting for attention with everyone else. And one, one other thing I want to point out about that is you got to perfect it so that way you got your pitches so they aren't annoying. Because one thing that I do is I do a lot of volume uh, both bulk, you know, like bulk emails where it's like everybody gets it and individual pitches. Like I do a high volume. So there's always a trick that you want to try to do it without being annoying. And it, it is a trick. Um, and you need some experience, obviously, to do it. But you have kind of got to get that skill where you're getting enough touch points out there without being completely annoying. And yes, you are going to piss people off sometimes. But at the same time, you, you need to get it out there enough like for example i've had it where i've had an album campaign just seem like it's going nowhere because you know you send out multiple press releases you sent out the holics a few times you sent and you know we pitched 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 it's just going nowhere and then all of a sudden you know bang a whole bunch of people start start noticing and getting interested like after pitch number seven or eight right so there is a persistency level that you got to have but you've got to also be able to do it without being completely annoying and you know obnoxious at the same time how you do that i'm not always 100 percent sure because there's a fine line and some people are just going to be mad at you no matter what you do um but 
can you maybe explain how, how when do you find it being obnoxious? <laughs> sure. Um, I think, again, did you check out my release? Did you check out my thing? 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 Yeah. Delete, trash, spam, goodbye. Um, I get it. As we've discussed many times, I also was an artist and a musician for many years. And this shit was my whole life for a while. And I get that your music is really, really important to you. And everybody told you you're fucking wonderful and amazing and special. But realistically, you're one more band in a sea of bands. And you have to do something to stand out. Being an annoying dick is not the way. And, um, you know, I think we will cover things like this in the upcoming challenge. What is the cadence of email touch points? How many times can you resend a pitch? How to not be an annoying dick? How do you pitch a label appropriately? Matt Bacon will cover that. How do you pitch? How do you pitch a publicist appropriately to work with them? How do you pitch a journalist appropriately to work with them? These are the things you cannot get anywhere else. You will only be able to learn from our challenge because nobody else is really doing this in the whole business except us, and um, to credit us. But you know, I yeah, I I get it. I really do get it. Your shit is important to you. You're the most important band in the world to you. Everybody told you you're amazing. Your girlfriend thinks you rule. Your mommy said you're special. Fucking cool. Your music teacher, your guitar teacher said you're a prodigy. Sweet. But you can't. That's not good enough. You have to do things. You have to have the appropriate intent, the appropriate execution, and the appropriate dedication to this to make it work. I think that was a key point you just made, the intent. I think, I think, if, I think if people... People come off. I think. I think if that tone, the tone of your pitch could actually go a long, long way to whether it gets accepted or not as well, which we will also go over in the challenge. Um, anything else we're missing, Keith? I mean, I don't think so. Um, for the purposes of this podcast, again, you know, pitch, be prepared, have everything organized, ask for what you want. Don't pussyfoot around. Don't use soft language. Don't be self-depreciating. Don't ask my kids. Sorry? Don't ask about my kids. Don't ask. We don't know each other personally. Don't ask personal questions. I appreciate any praise and thanks. Hey, I love Ghost Cult. Thanks. Um, I really love you guys. You cover a lot of bands like ours. I have had people. Here's a, here's a last thing I'll throw in. I have had bands cite a review they read on our site. Again, show me that you actually know who I am and I'm not just another name in your email database. We read the review by so-and-so, and it's very similar to the kind of music our band makes, and we would really love to be covered by Ghost Cult. It would really help us out. That's a, that's a kind of appeal that gets me to actually care about you and maybe consider assigning your review. So one to grow on right there. Yeah. Make it – do use a personal touch without being too personal. It's a skill. We're going to have to teach it. We are. So uh, how do you get all this wisdom and knowledge? You got to sign up for the Art of the Pitch Challenge or whatever we're calling it, the Pitching Challenge, how to pitch labels, journalists, and publicists to work with them. Uh, we're going to start on Monday, January 27th. You want to DM Matt Bacon, Curtis Dewar, or myself, email or, Matt, or DM us f to sign up. Um, it's $50. It's $50. 
If you've ever participated in a pass challenge with one of us, it's 40. It's an incredible deal, incredible value. These challenges have been, we've taught lessons in these challenges that on the corporate level would be worth tens of thousands of dollars and on an independent music marketing level, thousands and thousands of dollars. And you're getting uh, uh, one lesson a day for a month, basically, you know, 22, 23, 24 lessons in a month for 50 bucks. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. And even if, even if you don't think you have the time to do it, it's really not that much time. Usually for most lessons, it's usually 50 to 20 minutes per day. You could squeeze that out. You know, that's like what, two hours a week? Basically. And even Jeffrey Epstein could have benefited from these marketing challenges, even though he was killed and did not kill himself. I am Keefe from ghostcultmag.com. This has been the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast. Take us home, Curtis. Are we done yet? <laughs> Everything is terrible